You are listening to the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network. Visit PencilandPaperProductions.Podbean.com to find more great podcasts. Welcome to the Palace of Megapixels. This is Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo! Welcome to Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo. I'm your host, Stephen White. With me is my co-host, Lacey O'Finley. Happy Monday! How are you doing this week? Man, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good, man. Pretty good. Awesome. Almost, awesome. uh, we got some exciting stuff on the show today. Oh, so yeah. So I'm pretty excited to show that off to people today, or listen to it, however. However you want to go about it. However I mean, you if we could, it. we could show it off, maybe. I don't know. One I mean, day. They, they can visualize it. In their mm-hmm. heads. And then we can just we'll point just, them in a direction to say, hey, go You can just at stare at our pictures. Yeah. But yeah, later on, we're going to be talking to Dirty Beast Games. Just stick around for that, will you? Cause stick that's around. The, they were a great group of guys. Yeah, that's, that's the main reason it. you're here. Uh, <laughs> but Lace, what, what have you been playing this week? Still getting judgment, man. I am on the final countdown. It's yeah. uh, I got to the point yesterday where the, the little message popped up going, hey, there's anything you wanted to do before you continue this part. Now's the time to do it because this is the point of no return. Yeah, it even suggested you might want to start a new save. So I'm I'm kind of curious, like, why? What are you What are you gonna do to me? So um, so I I, I saved it there, you know, and went back and and did just a couple of other little things. Um, but but we're nearing it. I'm 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 just about can say I can put this one in the glass. We've we we're getting through it. So. Uh, that's pretty much it. It's such a long game. So I've been, uh, just getting through that one. It's a lot nice. of fun. Good. I'm excited to say that I'll actually have finished a game of this length in, <laughs> in many years, you know, uh, obviously not a 100% because I I've skipped a lot of the side quests. So that wasn't the only game I was streaming for the rest of my life, but, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> cause some side quests get really weird. I found one yesterday, not safe for work. Had no idea. Um, live on stream, mixer staff. You know, even in the stream, it was great. It was Wonderful. great. I just, Wonderful. yeah, I just kind of had a. Well, that just happened. Good thing my stream was eighteen plus. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was just like, okay, well, uh, judgment. Maybe a little warning that some of that's gonna be in there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, obviously I wasn't going to get into any trouble. It's not like I was like, Hey guys, come on in today. And this is what we're going to focus on. You know, they saw me pick up a quest and go do the thing. And then we all just went to go, Oh, <laughs> that happens. Okay. And so I never flipped through a cutscene so fast in my life. <laughs> so I have no pause, idea pause, what pause, dialogue pause. was happening. I, yeah. So, um, so keep that in mind, hmm. you know, All right. uh, when you're doing side quests, maybe you don't have the, the kids sitting around. Gotcha. You know? Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> it's good, good information there. to have. Yeah. Didn't, didn't know. Didn't know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, it's still, it's still a good time, I'm, good. but I'm so close. So close. All right. How about you? Well, I think I'm going to rage quit Psychonauts because look, I, I kind of explained it last week. 
you know, it's a PS2 title. It's got bugs. And boy, oh boy, did I find a bug that is really just decided we're not going to allow you to beat this game. I am so close to beating this game. Oh, but you no. see, but you see, this bug. You know how in certain games they make you ride a rail and then you just got to slide down a rail? Sure. You try to jump off the rail and it won't allow you to remove yourself from it, right? Like it keeps you stuck to it. This okay? is where you live now. Yeah. Because because you're on this rail and it's it's all about the mechanics of trying to keep you solidified to this rail. Okay? I mm-hmm. struggled with it in earlier parts of the game where I was trying to make these jumps and we're like, no. No, we're going to keep you on this rail. It's like, I don't want to be on the rail. It's like, no, you're going to be on the rail. Well, in this instance, when I need to be on the rail, it chooses, screw you, we're going to launch you from the rail when you want to make this jump to another rail, which is still on this path. Okay. But we're, instead of keeping you on the rail, you're going to go straight ahead into the abyss and die. Oh. And Okay. Yeah. And there's nothing I can do. The worst part about it is, though, and I hate myself for this, I got past it once, and I turned around to go get something, and now I can't go back. Yeah, no. I'm mad at myself for doing that. I was just and there's like, no way to just start that level over, I assume. Well, I, I'm going to maybe try it one more time okay. in, in hopes that maybe just refreshing the game, restarting the game from scratch, maybe it'll scrub out that little glitch because it's happened before you know where something screws up and i just say all right well let's reset it try it again boom but before that prior to that it already i was i was trying like there was already an inkling that i probably wasn't going to get the platinum for this but you know i like to try because why not but then i i found one of the trophies turned out to be this bullshit smacking whack-a-mole game and it was just like i can't I'm not going to do this because the angle, the camera angles are just, you can't keep up. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, how am I supposed to do this? And then it, it speeds up to a point where you can't turn around in enough time and the camera angles are just, so you can't do it. Yeah. And I'm sure that there's a way to do it. I just don't have the patience for it. I tried and I was like, all right, that's this fair. is going to be the one thing that's going to keep me from getting that platinum. So I'll just, I'll consider maybe just forgetting it. And then I got to another spot in the game. I was already aware of this one trophy. And then they took that away from me. Mainly because I just made one little mistake. And it just triggered a cutscene. And I was like, now wait a second. I didn't trigger this. You triggered it for me because I made one little mistake. Mm-hmm. So that, that took away another one. And then I got where I was trying to get to the last level. They didn't warn me that there was a point of no return until I did it. And they were just like, saving, point of no return. I was like, well, I can't do anything now. You didn't warn me beforehand if I was going to go forward. See, the plight of the older games. Yeah, so it was all this (laughs) stuff. Plus, I also lost my save, which, you know, it just Uh, crashed and deleted at some point and said this is a... So it's just testing my patience it's been one of those days yeah Yeah. all right so i don't know if i'm gonna go back to it don't know if i'm gonna beat it i wanted to beat it but you know it needs to be remade if i want to actually play it it needs to be polished it needs to have all the bugs removed. refine those mechanics yeah right so i didn't really play much beyond that uh played more dr mario world which also 
tested my patience. That's another game that has a lot of bugs that the developer needs to work out because there was a point where it also erased my entire game and it was like, no, you're starting from scratch. And I was like, bullshit, you're going to get my account back. And then, of course, after a few updates, there it was again. I was like, mm. I'm not doing this again. Ah, uh, the mobile beta. They'll just be like, well, we told you. Yeah. It's not fully done. So. It's part of the process. <laughs> yeah, that's that's been my my gaming week. Excellent. Um, well, let's let's talk about some news because we have we have a little news, like very little, but I mean, honestly, Big there's news. really only just one story that's mm-hmm. This blown up because I think it's no surprise that we're starting off talking about the news cycle about, you know, violence in video games. Because last week mm-hmm. there were, keep this in mind, because this this is something that a lot of the news outlets have not said. There were eight mass shootings last week. Eight. Yeah. Okay. The only two that got the massive media attention were the ones that you've heard that were from Dayton, Ohio, and El Paso, Texas, mainly because they were big. You know, there were a lot of casualties. But that's not to say that these other things didn't happen. Right. In fact, and I'm going to actually go over these in a minute, but on Wednesday of last week, Twitch employees were asked not to report to work because there was a threat to their San Francisco headquarters. Two separate threats. And they were unsure after everything that was going on whether or not people should come in. So they just said no. So luckily they got the police involved. They got everybody to stay home and nothing happened, luckily. So, but that's something that happened. So keep this in mind. This is, I'm going to go over the the eight as as quickly as possible. Just kind of let you know. August 2nd, Suffolk, Virginia. Two people dead, three injured. El Paso, Texas, 22 dead, 24 injured. Dayton, Ohio, 10 dead, 26 injured. Chicago, Illinois, two shootings on the same day. One was zero dead, seven injured. The other was one dead, seven injured. Memphis, Tennessee, one dead, three injured. Brooklyn, New York, zero dead, luckily, four injured. Mm -hmm. Sutland, Maryland, one dead, three injured. That is the course of three days. And it's... All we really know thus far, as far as what spurred on at least the two major ones, because there's, I'm sure if you dig a little deeper into, into the other six, uh, El Paso was, a, was an act of domestic terrorism fueled by white supremacist rhetoric. I mean, I don't really know what other way to say it. Yeah. Uh, the Dayton shooter's motive, as far as I know, has not really been determined as of yet. I haven't heard anything. I did some digging and I didn't see anything. But why are we talking about this? We're a video game podcast. Why are we talking about it? Because lawmakers have made it their their mission to blame video games yet again. uh, Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick was the one who kicked it off saying there was one common denominator and (laughs) said that the video game industry was teaching people to kill. Young people. Young people to kill. Uh, you know, and obviously with something concrete to blame everything on, President Trump jumps on board saying we must stop the glorification of violence in society. This includes gruesome and grisly video games that are now commonplace. 
But this is also funny coming from somebody who has condoned violence, who in an actual statement on stage laughed when said, what are we supposed to do about these people? Shoot him, someone Shoot said. Him. And he yeah. laughed. He didn't stop it. He didn't say, hey, Only that's wrong. Only in the panhandle can you say something like that, folks. Exactly. So it just seems hypocritical, to say the least. Uh, Trump also cited mental health concerns as a problem. Obviously, the gaming industry and its followers were not going to take these accusations lightly. The ESA kicked things off with an official statement pointing out more than 165 million Americans enjoy video games every day and billions of people play video games worldwide. Yet other societies where video games are played as avidly do not contend with the tragic levels of violence that occur in the United States. This is a fact. This is not somebody just throwing... This is an actual fact. Japan plays video games more More. than we do. More. And FPSs, if I'm I'm looked at it correctly, first-person shooters, more than the United States even. And they have stricter gun laws, and they do not have mass shootings on this scale, if at all. Okay. Now, other people chimed in. The director of God of War, Corey Balrog, said, Wait, that's it? Violent video games and mental health? Not the high-powered weapons of war that are being sold to civilians by the millions that are actually being used to carry out these acts of domestic terror? Then you had former Democratic Senator Hillary Clinton chiming in, defending video games, which is surprising, to be honest, uh, saying people suffer from mental illness every other or in every other country on Earth, people play video games virtually every other country on Earth. The difference here is guns. Needless to say, something has to change. It doesn't have to do anything to do with video games, no matter how much people want to believe that it does. Yeah. Other people backed up her statements with facts showing a divergence in trends that we just mentioned with Japan. Other people were were making jests, saying uh, saying Call of Duty causes gun violence, and saying like Mario Kart causes car crashes. I can agree. Yeah. Others pointed out <laughs> positive goals by reached by video games in the form of charity fundraisers, like Child's Play. You know, yeah. playing video games to say to help sick children, to help them have a better life. This is something mm-hmm. video games does. Yeah, it's 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 just that fail-safe scapegoat that they they like to default on even though we have study after study after study that that shows there's no direct correlation between the two. And in fact, um and I wish I could remember her name right now, but she was also one that was involved in, in one of the studies that said that the link between like, you know, they're like gamer rage, right? Like mm-hmm. you get to a point, you die a lot of times, you're you know, and you're getting super pissed that they found that the exact same rage happened in like Tetris 9 nine sure so <laughs> like you know if you're trying to connect that game or rage or whatever it, it it's not that because we're getting shot at or shooting people in these video games and getting upset that we're losing at it you know it's you, you just get frustrated that you're not good at something but you're not going out into the world and and i don't know like i just i feel like why do we have to keep having this conversation it's just kind of frustrating it is i mean to and even to to add to everything that we've seen we we had reports that walmart was uh removing mm-hmm. advertisements demos and displays involving violent video games as well as and i think this was to cover their own asses they're also removing other entertainment products, movies, 
apparel, things like that that like have Call of Duty videos. I think was hunting in there videos, too. correct? Yeah. Uh, but they're still selling guns, so you know that's good. Um, and many criticized that move as being hollow, obviously because it is. Mm. Uh, then ESPN even chose not to broadcast the EXP Invitational Apex Legends at X Games, which is a mouthful of a competition right? name. <laughs> Uh, that actually happened uh, on August 10th, which was Saturday. Uh, but they are rescheduling it to air on ESPN2 in October. So I guess if that's a thing you wanted to see, you're going to have to wait After two months fact. when yeah. it really matters. But, you know, this is where we are in America. Either guns are to blame or there's something else. And honestly, there's no pleasing either side. Well, it's never guns are to blame. That's always the problem. Well, <laughs> like, pe- we never people on blame, the left will blame you know? guns. People on the sure, right will okay, blame video fair. games. And yeah, no, that's fair. either all guns are gone or pry them from my cold, dead hands. Those are the two arguments. That's that's what it mm-hmm. is. Now, me personally, I'm just going to, this is my this is my opinion piece, my op-ed, if you will. I'm not a gun owner. I feel that there needs to be stricter gun laws. And honestly, I'm all for banning them altogether because I personally see no purpose in owning one. But, but I also understand why people want them, why people feel the need to have them. It's a safety blanket. Okay. I get it. uh, Yeah. And I'm the same way. Like, I don't myself personally feel like I need it. Like, now, if you live in like a rural area, where like maybe you have bears, you have foxes, you have mm-hmm. wolves and stuff that are on there. I get that. I get it. I get that. Like, you know, um, or even if, if you want it for your own protection for whatever the reason is. I, I it, it, But it's just the caliber of weapon that I feel like people just keep overlooking that we've been talking about. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that I'm trying to take away your guns. I just feel like there's certain calibers of weapons that regular citizens have no use for sure mm-hmm. like a, a legitimate use for let's put it that way with a moral compass there's no need to have those right um and and i wish that there would be somebody who could come together and just somehow make people understand that that's the distinction that i feel like the larger group of people are trying to make the argument for and i've, I've f- not heard someone flat out go let's just take them away 100 percent, have this mm. buyback program we're gonna take them all from you i think it's just we've and i mean and i know it's way more complicated i know i'm so oversimplifying this because i know people are always just gonna say well then you know it's the people who will get them illegally and then those who should have them legally won't have it. Like I, I it's, it's such a complicated issue that we've kind of gotten ourselves into here. Um, and so I, I don't want anybody to think I'm just trying to simplify it down to just take it away. Like I know mm. that that's not 100% going to solve the problem tomorrow, but how many, how, how many more of these do we, how, how, it's always too soon. It's yeah. always too soon. I mean, if anything else, to, to to your point of taking them all away or what you were kind of saying and and people getting them illegally Australia no more guns ban them outright are are people really going to have the money to get them on the black market I'm not saying it couldn't happen if they really yeah. really where wanted there's it. a will there's a way yeah I if know, they really that. really wanted it sure but I feel like that high price on the black market's going to dissuade them a little bit to be like eh you know, eh. yeah, and even and I, even going back to the amendment 
you know, the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. We're talking about something I, our four founding fathers had no foresight into what guns would become. Right. They were only familiar with muskets. You know, and and even yeah. in that, it's to protect your home and everything like that. And again, I get I get it. Handguns, rifles for for animals and things. I get it. Yeah. But like you said, there's a there's got to be a moment you do not need an AK-47. Nope. Things like that. It's just you don't if need you, it. any. If you think I, I've even heard some argument about like protection from like the government taking your stuff or whatever. Um, they've got bigger, better toys that I don't care if you have ten thousand of those things in your basement. If they if they want to take it, they're gonna. Mm-hmm. I mean. Can you go against a tank or whatever it is that we just sure. don't even know mm-hmm. that they have? So I mean, not not to laugh I, that that was in poor taste for me to do it that way, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I, I guess I guess, but it's I'll, not the video games. Is it's yeah. just I, I wish we could get off that that argument for sure. Um, yeah, at the end of the day, look, I mean, I'll, I'll I think we've we've mentioned before Todd's a gun owner and seeing him as a responsible human being who will not do anything stupid with a gun. This is why I'll be, I'm okay with gun ownership. You know, I know there are good people out there. So when I'm saying Mm -hmm. I'm support banning all guns, also understand that I'm saying if they don't, I'm okay with that too. But there needs to be responsible gun control laws. I don't want to take it away from somebody who is responsible. If you are a good human being and you have guns, I want you to maintain that right. Yeah. I don't want to take and that be away a from good you. shining example for the rest of exactly. what it's like to be a responsible gun owner. Absolutely, you are a responsible gun owner. You set the standard. There are people out there like these assholes who are not. Mm-hmm. But end of the day, the whole purpose of this video games are not the problem. I have played my fair share of shooters, violent yep. video games, the worst possible kinds, and never once. Never once have I had the urge, the desire to go out and murder 20, 30 people, whatever it may be. I have never had the urge and it's not mental health. That is also another falsity. I'm sure it's a factor because I think there's got to be something wrong with you to want to go out and do that sort of thing and actually act it out. Not necessarily because a lot of these people, a lot of these people have no history of it. And that's scary. That also could mean that we've just never let it go checked either. You know what I mean? Perhaps. Like, I, I, I mean, again, this is why this this conversation is so complicated. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. Point being, guns need to be in check. Video games need to be off the table. They are not the right. problem, period. So just stop using it as the excuse. Yes. Yeah. Let's move on. I'm, yeah. I'm going to get because we, we could do this, I'm sure. Yeah, for a long time. All right. So uh, the other story that I have is last week, we kind of casually spoke about the video game Ooblets, which was an indie title that took the mm-hmm. Epic Games exclusivity deal. Then they kind of made an ass of themselves trying to justify what they did in the worst possible way, kind of mocking in a in a manner of speaking. What, uh, what appears that they thought was going to be lighthearted in jest, tongue in cheek kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> But yeah. uh, it it resulted in a backlash of the mm-hmm. worst possible kind. They had so much toxic hatred spewed their way to the point where they oh kind my of, god yeah it it got it got really it bad. Was bad. So 
Eventually, uh, the developer responsible for the original statements, Ben Wasser, released an additional statement sometime after this wave of toxic sludge, saying he miscalculated the engagement to the anti-epic crowd, which he was trying to defuse the situation, uh, try to cut it off, nip it in the bud early on, uh, but apparently it just enraged everybody. Right. At the same time, he said he's going or he is refusing to apologize for anything he said because he feels that the toxic, entitled, immature, and irrationally angry section of the gaming community eagerly want him to, and he is not going to give them the satisfaction. And in all honesty, good. Don't. You know what? With the way that it just breaks my heart to see that that part of the the gaming world is the way that they are because if you read the comments and mind you if you go look up this article uh, keep in mind it's it's not good the comments Mm. that have been sent their way it's very graphic and very very inappropriate isn't even a strong enough word but just just keep that in mind it could make you sick to your stomach to read what some of these people had the audacity to send their way over something like this that uh, why like, like you said, they're they're uh, entitled, uh, immature uh, uh, pieces of shit. But I mean, just wow. Like, and I've seen these sort of insults and things hurled at other people before in the gaming world and stuff like that. And it just, I, I can't even imagine what it'd be like to, it, it's still just a game at the end of the day. I don't even know how to articulate into words like that telling them to to off themselves or something like that. And, and, and those were, and I'm saying it politely, you know, uh, really, just really, that the, the game was so important to you and then moving to Epic was was so bad to you that you felt like that, that that's the end result. That's what these developers need to do because they went to Epic. Like, where's our humanity in this i just don't understand it well, clearly I don't care how bad you thought the comment was like that's just that's way over the over the top I, yeah clearly there's no humanity left when it comes to video games because that's why they're all shooters now you know yeah i was like and then following that story up with what we just talked about it's probably there's some people getting confirmed on see yeah see you just proved our point yeah all right well Let's move on to some quickets. We got a just a few, not not too many. Is there some happy thing like that happened this uh, week? I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> I think, like we need I think to there's some some positive here a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're gonna bring it back some up. Some silliness a little bit. has to happen here. No, we're gonna bring it back up. First of all, let's talk about uh, Ninja hit one million subscribers within the first week of him being on Mixer. Yes. Meanwhile, Twitch is apparently using his old channel uh, to showcase other streamers. <laughs> Oh dear! Yeah. <laughs> like, hey. You know, I haven't gone back to check. I haven't gone back to check, but that's kind of funny. Yeah, this is—it's kind of like here's a gravesite for this guy we used to know, who's our great guy. You, you guys are still showing up, but uh, look at this instead. Look at that. Look well, at I, that. if anything, I hope it was his friends that they were using, like Doctor Lupo or Tim the Tat Man mm-hmm. or. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I guess I should know better, but uh, hopefully ah. it was them because he still plays with them, actually. Well, who knows? We'll see. I mean, you, like you said, you would hope it would be those people. I, I mean, but I don't know, of course, because eh. I'm not going to that channel. So I, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know until just now. <laughs> 
Uh, last week, the ESA announced that the big three, Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft, were all drafting new policies that will require publishers and developers to disclose the odd percentage programmed into any loot box system found in their respective games. Okay. So. so Good. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's a, a positive. And that's on, a step. Yeah. Additionally, Rocket League developer Psionics is actually removing loot boxes from the game in favor of direct item purchases. And this okay. is actually hot on the heels after Epic Games, who acquired Sonic uh, back in May, recently removed loot boxes from Fortnite Save the World mode. Okay. So I think, I think we're starting to see this uh, shift where they don't want government regulation to start really tampering with everything so like we got to make a change yeah. we got to so hopefully this right. will be the start of something new i doubt it with some because ea and their oh. surprise mechanic nonsense i think they were just trying to be like no nah, it's not loot boxes it's a mm-hmm. they're gonna continue to be shady sons of bitches anyway um <laughs> activision is teasing more game remasters like spyro and crash bandicoot but something tells me we're talking Call of Duty remastered, or, you know, crap that no one Dang. really cares to play. That's just me. Sure. I just I don't okay. care to play it. Uh, yeah. And I'm sure they'll throw in loot boxes in that too, like they did uh, Crash Team Racing. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Google will hold <laughs> a new Stadia Connect presentation on August 19th at 10 a.m. Pacific daylight time is that right 10 a.m 10 a.m okay so, so 12 like our for time. us at central mm-hmm. yeah and this is actually going to be right before the start of gamescom so okay there you go i don't know they didn't really specify or at least i didn't see as to what they're going to be talking about i'm just sure it's more well hopefully they they make it a surprise yeah yeah like, stadia hype Ooh. stadia hype let's see what you got man let's mm. see what else we're going on and finally, the upcoming movie adaptation of Saints Row, which I feel like I forgot about, but... I totally did, yeah. 100%. Well, apparently it's still in the works, and it's said to be similar uh, in tone to the Kingsman films, which... Okay, okay, maybe. Yeah. I guess as far as the action goes, that insane amount of action... I, yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that seems in line to Saints Row, but I feel like they also need to take it a step farther. <laughs> maybe just, just a hint farther yeah. maybe? In, in absurdity, because that's what I loved about the game. You know, three and four were mm-hmm. just balls to the wall, stupid, crazy, insane. Oh, God, yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Loved it. it was kind of its charm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you ready for some truth or trash? Hit me. Okay, I got two. There's not been a lot of rumors here lately. I don't know why, but it's fine. Uh, so <laughs> these two are essentially crap we've talked about before. But, you know, the rumor mill keeps churning this crap it out. So always, eventually yeah. you're going to keep slinging mud and you're going to hit something, right? Mm-hmm. So one of these, somewhere down the line, one of these predictions that I continue to throw at you, you're going to get one right. Or you maybe have gotten them all wrong saying yes or no to whatever. Who knows? I probably have, but yeah. All right, fine. so <laughs> first one. The next mm-hmm. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate DLC character 
You know, because we talked about that last week. Yes, we did. But it's not going to be those two. Okay. In fact, it's going to be Undertale's Frisk. Remember that? Yeah, okay. Sure. Let's go true on that. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's cutesy enough to go into a Crash Brothers game. Not that it has to be, but mm. in my mind, it makes sense. Okay. There you go. See? It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. And and this one, this is one of those that we've ju- we just continue to hear nothing but rumors about. Okay. Is it Mortal Kombat? No. Bruce Campbell back in the game. <laughs> Bully 2 will release in 2020 for the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Scarlet. In 2020 trash. Okay. I I mean, we haven't had the two years of talking about it for sure being developed. I mean, we've, we've been talking we about rumors now? for at least six months. Yeah, but like our rumors were off of like a casting call that mm. we saw for possibly the Bully 2. And I don't even think it said Bully 2. It was just like for a Rockstar game or something. And like eh. we're just like, we're pulling at straw so hard because we want it. We do. <laughs> We're willing to try to make sense of any of it. Everybody, so, but by 2020 seems too soon because Red Dead still hasn't been out that long, and I feel like Rockstar takes their time with games. So do. I'm going to say trash on a 2020 release anyway. It's, it could be in the works, but I feel like that's too soon. Ironic that you say they take their time on games, yet they're still riddled with bugs. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm just things. saying. I'm know. picking at them. <laughs> I'm just picking at them. All right, let's. Uh, I got uh, a little bit of weird news. So, Japan, it's a place I want to visit is. because of the culture, the sights, and even Godzilla. Big reason for that. Mm-hmm. But I hear he's doing tours. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> did you ever notice that Japan always seems to get the good stuff? You know, when All there's right. something released, and so like, oh man, I want that, and it was like, nah, it's only in Japan. It's like, come yeah. on, man. Come on. Well, it's happened again. Okay. Uh, the annual Pikachu outbreak, which is a thing that happens, <clears throat> kicked off last week, and it actually ends today on the 12th, if you're listening to this on the 12th. Uh, and to celebrate Pokemon, they teamed up with Baskin Robbins to offer up Pokemon-themed desserts. Oh, First nice. <clears throat> is a Pikachu ice cream cake, which... This is designed to look like Pikachu, and it comes in two flavors. You get strawberry or popping shower. And the popping shower? Popping shower. The latter is laced with pop rocks to oh dear. mimic the uh, electricity in your mouth. Yeah. Okay. okay. Fun. Alternatively, you can get an Eevee ice cream cake that is in chocolate or caramel ribbon. Ooh. And then TV on this one. Yeah. And then if you don't want an ice cream cake, you can get an ice cream flavor called Pikachu Thunderbolt Fruit Mix, which is a combination of peach, banana, Pikachu candies, and Pop Rocks that even comes with a little Pikachu spoon. Okay. It's adorable. And if all this sounds amazing, you got to go to Japan. While the rest of us cross our fingers and hope that maybe this comes stay. Or if you got like a, a hookup in Japan that could like, I don't know, what to dry ice it and send yeah, it over yeah. or something. I mean, yeah. come on, man. We you got pay bas- out the butt for it, yeah. but you know. 
This isn't like the the Pokemon themed weddings where there's a company over there just doing that. This is Baskin Robbins. You can bring that stuff over here. I'm sure the demand is just higher, so it makes more sense. Even though I feel like we're pretty. That the movie Pokemon just crazy. came out. That would have been proper That's promotion. True. You know. That's true. Yeah, give us a cake, man. Yeah, we like cake. We're Americans. Sure. You've seen our <laughs> We're gluttons. Let us have food. <laughs> uh, and also, for some reason, uh, the Angry Birds 2 movie is currently sitting at this the uh, highest rated video game movie on Rotten Tomatoes at 81%. Really? Which even is over Pokemon. double its predecessor. And funny enough, hmm. it's not even out over here stateside. Oh. So, that's, that's weird, so right? Yeah. So you had to be determined. Okay. I mean, I remember watching the first Angry Birds movie, and I didn't really care for it all that much. I, didn't I felt watch like, it. It, you know, what it really felt like. To be honest with you, it's like this. This movie could be good if you did not, at some point, try to acknowledge the video game it is based on. And then what did they do at the end? It was clearly nothing but. All right, we got to do the video game thing, kind of like what they did in Doom, where they went into that first-person mode, and it was like, do we need this? Do we really need this? Mm -hmm. So essentially, the end of Angry Birds is like, all right, now we've got to incorporate the game into the movie. So now we're going to shoot them all from slingshots. Why? Why? Because... You were working on this angle the entire time, and now you've ruined it. Just, Just my opinion. Yeah. My opinion. (laughs) <laughs> all right uh let's do some release dates real quick first up on august 13th we have friday the 13th uh the video game ultimate slasher switch edition for you guessed it the nintendo switch i heard it's running pretty well actually on mm-hmm. uh then we have exception for playstation 4 nintendo switch and pc stellaris console edition utopia Whatever that is. Uh, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Ancestors Legacy for Xbox One. Vasara Collection for PC. Never Give Up for Nintendo Switch and PC. Then we have on August 14th, Bus Simulator for PlayStation 4. Vasara Collection for Xbox One. Fail Seal Arbiter's Mark for Nintendo Switch. Slay the Spire for Xbox One. August 15th, Rogue Singularity, Vassar Collection, It'll Do, and Cryo Gear, all for the Nintendo Switch. August 16th, Aratana. Yep, that looks right. Aratana and the Twin Masks for Xbox One. Grandia HD Collection for Nintendo Switch. Escape from the Universe for Nintendo Switch. And then finally on August 18th, Far Loan Sales for the Nintendo Switch. I'm going to go back real quick. Bus Simulator okay. made me think of it. Have you heard yeah. of the Penn & Teller VR game? Yeah. Okay. Have you heard of the uh, driving, the bus driving game in the in the simulator? Or in the, right. I, I guess in the, the VR game. Because the, the game itself. Like for that game? Yeah. It's called, the, the game for anybody who may yeah, not be. Yeah, where you just like drive for like 30 hours. Right, 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 right. Yeah, like yeah. it's legitimately you have to drive mm-hmm. however many hours in this bus. And back. And back. Yeah. What kind <laughs> of crap? I mean, that is 
but you do that. And I, I know people who've played it, and I'm like, wow, you just have so much more patience than I ever would. No kidding. I, but I, like, I think that's all there is. That's, that's all you do. Yeah, and that the the purpose of the game as a whole itself is to mess with your friends or whatever. So mm-hmm. I kind of want to do that. You know, I kind of want to get it just to to bring over some people and screw with them. Right. <laughs> Can't get out until you've made it. That's I mean, right. See you. See you tomorrow, guys. Guess what time it is? It is time for name that game. Okay, we're done. All right. I have, via Lacia Finley's uh, suggestion, three. Sweet. It's a nice sweet spot, man. It's a nice sweet spot. Well, if I come up with, if there was a really good one, and, you know, there's a lot of them, I'm going to give you more than three, but I'll stick with three for now because for some reason last week I had trouble getting these together and then this week was also the same try well we just we're we're too chatty too yeah i think is our problem we're gonna one day we're just gonna have like a five hour joe rogan size podcast because we just can't shut up Eh. well i doubt we'll get that far i've got other (laughs) things i'd rather be doing not this no i mean i like that came out wrong just life we just have to do life i've got other things we need to do as well irl simulator right there we go that came out wrong. I apologize. I like spending time with you. I do. I like spending time with you, yeah. too. I just, I felt I like that I just don't know a... that everybody wants to spend that much time yeah. with us. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There we go. Thank you. All right. So, first game. These are going to devolve quickly, mind you. So, just just be aware. Okay. The last one is just, Ready. I had to. Um, okay. First game. This is a game that tells the story of an astronaut returning to Earth which has been destroyed by natural cataclysms. Among the ruins, he finds an old lantern, which allows him to see alternate timelines that he can travel to. With the artifact in hand, the astronaut will journey through time in an attempt to learn the truth behind Earth's destruction and prevent it from ever occurring. Okay. Is this A, Imagine Earth, B, Home Possibly, C, the great perhaps, or D, maybe we can do better. Oh, I like D, just because. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say A. The answer Imagine is Earth. C, the great perhaps. <sighs> the great perhaps. I don't like it. <laughs> All right. Well, 0 for 1. <laughs> Nobody asked me, though. I know. It's fine. It's fine. Okay, the next one. This game is all about sacrificing everything for the ones you love most. You are born in a world that wants to destroy your family. Dang it. Forkman and his evil minions have kidnapped your wife at the behest of the crackpot, the evil leader of the mafia gang. Test your skills in this action platformer to win the day of this episodic indie title. Show them your shell and fight another day. Never let them forget who you are. You are a Bargman. <laughs> oh. <no. laughs> a Agnes. B the Baconator. C Spoonman. Or D Spork Spudley. 
Ooh, I like Spork Spudley, so you probably came up with that one. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say the Baconator. Answer is B, a- I think it was. A, Agnes. <laughs> I know. I know. It's disappointing. I'm sorry. You guys out there, hire Steven to name your games. That's all I'm going to say. It's okay. I mean, they they tried. Uh, I'm sure there's a Ag- reason. Agnes. Yeah, Agnes. Okay. Baconator, though, man. Like, people would play it just because you have bacon in the title. Mm hmm. I know. I'm gonna All right. Use, I think I'm going to use Spork Spudley as a character somewhere. Yeah, you should. Yeah. I like that. Nailed it. Yep. All right. The last one. Oh, he's I'm shaking sh- his head, yeah, y'all. I'm shaking my head. <laughs> I apologize for how bad this well, is going to be. You didn't make it. I so. didn't, but I couldn't. I could not not use this game because this is the purpose of name that game is to find these outlandish terrible sure. games and i don't really know why we're shining on we're, we're supposed to be mocking them supposedly yeah but, you know anyway in this fun shooter game you are not shooting bullets but instead dildos oh okay all shapes and sizes based on the character you choose The object of the game is to be the leader with the highest score. Said dildos are launched via your character's magical beaver aimed at boats while you travel the deepest parts of the ocean. Be sure to perfect your angle, patiently wait for full power meter, then blast away. I kind of love it. Well, then tell me what the title is. Is it okay. A, The Quest for the Great Sperm Whale, B, Whack-A-Hole, C, Beaver Fever, or D, Temptation Sensation? Ooh, this is kind of a tough one because I don't know that I would necessarily use any of those from the description, uh, but I've been wrong by trying to assume they would put the beaver in the title since you're playing a beaver which is kind of genius um which one was the beaver one beaver fever see i'm gonna go with beaver fever answer is b whack-a-hole damn it i don't i didn't get any of them yeah not even my one by luck whack-a-hole yeah it doesn't make any sense does it that's why I had to see what it was. I thought, well, this would be like whack-a-mole, but with hose. But no. Has nothing no. to do with it. Jeez. It's like a mobile game where they give you the wrong trailer, and then you download it, and you're like, this isn't what you sold me. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, there's your three. You, di- you didn't get one. I did not. <laughs> Usually just by luck, I get one. But see, I normally give oh, you well. more than three, and then your chances go up. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> It's I a, feel like with today's games, it, it probably would have just been a fail across the board. Eh, it's fine. All right. Well, um, some of you may re- recall earlier in the year, we went to PAX East. You know, we got to see a bunch of great games. If you didn't listen to those wonderful PAX East shows, go back and do that because we, we saw so many great games. One in particular that I was fond of, and I actually think I gave mm-hmm. the game of the entire show because... I loved it yeah, so much. Yeah, I think that one one packs for you, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, was Feral Frontier by Dirty Beast Games, 
Well, guess what, people? We got to talk to Dirty Beast Games as we yeah, set up they're front. they're lovely. Yeah, and we got to speak to Josh Cheney and Ken McHugh. That's the animator and artist. Josh is the animator artist. And Ken McHugh, he's the programmer and music composer of the game. And also, kind of in the back, you'll hear uh, Felicia, who's kind of their... Uh, whose who's fiancé was that? Was it Josh oh, or Ken? I can't remember. Man, I'm sorry. Yeah, they said. Um, they. I don't remember sorry. which one. But sorry, she's guys. lovely. She's the one who I had been talking to. So, like, kind of their unofficial community manager. But as he put it, so much more. Mm-hmm. She's uh, keeps them on task, it sounds like, and is doing a fantastic job at it. Sure. And I think we, we think she was at PAX as well. We got to meet I her. think so, yeah. yeah. I, I feel think like she was... she was the one I actually spoke to at the time I made it over that the, those two had broken off for a break or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we, we got to sit down with them, talk about their game, talk about their journey, uh, getting there, getting their game off the ground. It's an amazing interview just, just to really get into their heads. I, I feel like I, um, I connected with them on so many levels. I think, Lace, yeah. you did too. This is our interview with Dirty Beast Game. We are sitting down and chatting with Josh Cheney and Ken McHugh. They are essentially Dirty Beast Games. Guys, welcome to the show. Welcome. Howdy. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're excited to have you on. We actually met you at PAX East earlier in the year. If anybody remembers that show, we were sitting there talking about their game, Feral Frontier. I was a huge fan because it, it really hit a lot of nostalgia beats for me. Uh, I was excited to play it, still excited to play it, uh, but we want everyone to get to know you a little bit better, get to know a little bit more about your game, so tell everyone about Dirty Beast, like who, tell everybody about yourselves. Who are you? So, yeah, Dirty Beast Games is, uh, it's our, I guess our first, we're just basically new game developers, uh, we, we're just gamers and friends who known each other since our college days i mean we've all known each other for about a decade now we live about a block away from each other my fiance lives with me and that's crazy i keep thinking that it's like it's been a decade (laughs) yeah like 10 years almost and we've been like kind of working on game stuff for like maybe like eight years or so i don't know yeah just messing around yeah yeah Uh, yeah we basically um just met through ken and i met through mutual friends uh like party scene in college and and uh, we both like video games and stuff. He would show up with like a modded Xbox with like uh, all these emulated ROMs, right? On it, right? And yeah, uh, and yeah. So we we'd play like a lot of like classic nostalgic games and stuff at parties. We like people bust out like Aladdin on the Super Nintendo or something, you know, right. like something just fun to to just throw around some Yoshi's Island or who knows whatever else. And mm-hmm. and uh, and then you know after college, just kind of go separate way a little bit. And then he kind of contacted me like, hey, you want to make a game? Because we were yeah, I remember we were talking about it before, and like neither of us knew actually how to program at all. Because yeah, yeah. we were like, oh, I want to make a game. I was actually more on the design side. I was hoping to start, you know, getting into doing game art and stuff because I'm like a graphic designer myself. And I was talking to Josh, and he was like, well, I'm actually looking for someone to program. Who's like, you know, because you know, kind of an important just, piece of the no the whole puzzle, that. right? <laughs> yeah, it's important piece. Yeah. So I, I actually started teaching myself, and I was like. Oh man, I was like, this is gonna be like kind of a full time thing, just programming. It's like it's gonna take double the time. 
if it's just me doing the art and programming myself and just the insanity factor as well. It's like, it's just me working on this game, sitting in my room, to, like all alone. It's, it's like talking to myself, basically. Yeah. So it's like, I need someone to like bounce some ideas. I can kind of relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know it helps when you have other people. I'm, I'm sure some people like, it's great to have a one man team sometimes because you have like total authority all the time. But um, mm-hmm. it's also mm-hmm. helpful when you have other people to kind of react and bounce ideas off of and stuff too. And it kind of helps keep you going, you know? Oh, Definitely. Sure. Yeah. yeah prevents prevents kind of burnout but we both had like little mini game prototypes that we both were making i was making one that was kind of like it was kind of like a mega man x style feel already in the sense that it was you you, but it was kind of like the retro mega man a little bit too because you would if you were crouching and pressed jump you get the slide like the old mega man but you still had the wall slide and the wall jump there was a double jump in it um and then there was like a 360 degree aiming with uh, with a bow that you had to charge, and it would arc the arrows at different arcs depending on how long you charge it and bounce off the surfaces and stuff. And that was kind of like where I started with my first kind of prototype. And he yeah. had a, like a cloak, and it was just like a like some boy with a cloak. And yeah. And uh, you you the thing you sent over I think was like a space shooter, right? It was like a side scrolling. Yeah, the original idea I wanted to make like a like an R type kind of game, but like also an RPG somehow. So we want I wanted to have like branching paths and stuff, but it, it never got off the ground. Two D Star Fox or something. Yeah, yeah, kinda. Yeah. yeah, I I actually do want to have like some kind of side scroller shooty level at some point, you know, something yeah. like that. And we do have like ideas for RPG kind of elements, but not so much say really branching paths but kind of like kind of you can it's still non-linear but it's not exactly like branching narrative or anything like that mm-hmm. but yeah we, we basically would mess around and we made all kinds of little prototypes just nothing that ever was serious and and just we're doing that for years so i guess we're used to each other making things and and our process somewhat even if it's not like super like efficient and experienced or anything but it's it's got its own kind of organic way about it and and uh, we had like originally like some kind of little spaceman character, and then he like yeah. turned into like a frog spaceman, like a, and then and then that turned into a, squirrel. <laughs> and then and then I was like, who am I kidding? Uh, Fox is my favorite animal. Let's just do that. And, <laughs> and so we went that route, and yeah, and you know obviously yeah, so we're inspired from all the old kind of games, so those things all come in. You can see it kind of in the design when you play the game, and a lot of mm-hmm. the other choices we made. Yeah, what actually prompted us to 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 start getting serious is. Um... It's actually right before I, I just had a kid myself, and like right before um, the baby was born, Josh like approached me. He was like, because we, we, we'd have like lulls, you know, we, we'd work on stuff for like a few months, and then like we, you know, we'd do our own kind of things for a while. And then Josh like came to me and he was like, oh, do you want to try to like get something serious going for um, Boston Fig, which is the Boston Festival of Indie Games? And I was like, uh, I was like, you know, if I if I get to like hammer down on something like this, I might as well do it now before I have a baby because <laughs> after I have a baby, it's just gonna be a mess, which it is. But I, I, yeah, I've heard there's a little bit more time before that gets thrown into the mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't speak from personal experience. I opted out myself, but I, I hear the plights of others quite quite frequently. So. Yeah. <clears throat> You so really- you taught yourself to program? Yep. What's that? Oh, yeah. Yep. yep. Interesting. Uh, yeah, just from, like, YouTube tutorials, basically, and just kind of messing around. I used to use um, – I started off with a program called Torque, Torque Game Builder, 
but then it kind of died and then there was no community. So there was no real way of like, if I needed to figure something out, I couldn't go to like a, like a message board or a forum or anything. Sure. So I kind of stopped using that uh, and jumped onto to game maker. And, uh, that's just what I've been using since it's been, and it's, it's crazy how much game maker has progressed throughout the years. I, I mean, I remember like messing around with it and like, high school a little bit yeah, it's yeah like, so too. like yeah. drag and drop based yeah. and stuff but like you can do a lot with it now and it, it has its own programming language and everything it's 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 very yeah. robust it's it's it was it's a pretty like kind of amateur platform to begin everybody yeah. is like what game maker when they ask us like what we do yeah, and they're like oh you did this immunity you guys right? are and noobs like, yeah. and like yeah, yeah I guess, you know <laughs> I guess we are but like yeah it, we're definitely noobs and yeah. i remember i remember being intimidated by game maker you know and it's just kind of like you just kind of like these things are big undertakings video games and so it's easy to be intimidated but we kind of just decided you know what like we just want to make them and yeah. we've played enough video games in our life that i think we could have enough of a taste that uh we'd make you know what works that, and yeah as, as we kind yeah. of like figure our way through this you know that's kind of the process i guess mm -hmm. it's a pretty organic artistic process where we're just like making what we can make or what we like are attracted to making and figuring yeah. it out and like we do try to create lists and be organized and stuff but like it's it's not easy to to like check off lists all the time when you got so many other things in life and you need to like be motivated to do it so it's like it's very much kind of like made in a organic artistic way i feel yeah. like it's just great we like learn we were learning as we were doing it yeah. so that was i don't know still do, still am, yeah, yeah we yeah, definitely yeah, still cool. are that's like, impressive i have to say like i wasn't expecting you to say yeah i just like you know got on youtube and figured out how to make right. a game <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. i mean i go to youtube for quite a lot actually in my life but i never thought i could just learn how to make a video game by going to a youtube video <laughs> i think like really like anything where you have to be so self-directed and kind of produce from yourself ultimately you're really just teaching yourself like maybe you went and found some teacher who got you kick-started and like gave you gave you some of the tools to begin but they can't really be there holding your hand the whole process you know so like like you know, most artists, even if you went to school, you're pretty much self-taught because, you know, you mm -hmm. have to you have to just do it. And the same thing with programmers. Anytime you basically are in a room by yourself figuring it out, like you're self-teaching, you know, and most people who have to develop like some of these really specialized skills, they pretty much are all, whether they had a teacher or not, the lion's share yeah. of it is kind of a self-taught thing. That's like pretty much the default. And you'd be surprised like at what you are capable of when you have the kind of motivation to, to do it. But like Ken was saying, we were just messing around with things, so we didn't really have any goal, and so we were just we just kind of messed around for a long time. Yeah, like our first prototype was it was a mess, but it was awesome too because it was just like just like a bunch of contradicting ideas all in one place. That's what we're still dealing with. Yeah, you know, it's just we're basically just trying to reconcile all these ideas that contradict in ways you didn't even yeah. foresee, and and just that's, figuring out what the solution is. As yeah, you go. that's the hardest part now. Yeah. It's not like getting one idea into the game it's like getting the idea in the game and making it work with, with the rest yeah. of the game yeah excellent i would say i have to have mad respect for you guys because everything that you're saying about your journey to 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 make the game the self teaching yourself and that's that's my journey in a nutshell i've actually been talking about this recently on other things that i do I get it. I understand it. So yes, absolutely. Mad respect for you guys for doing that because if you want it bad enough, you're going to go and do it. You want to do yeah. it. You're not going to let anything stop you from doing it. It's amazing. Yes. So I applaud you for that. Yeah. It yeah. sounds like you got a good support group of people with the same dream too. So keep yourselves motivated. Right. Don't, yeah. don't let it drop down. 
my fiance Felicia, she kind of just like joined the team as just like she wants to help out in any way possible, and so she does in so many ways, and probably primarily more of like a. I don't know, like social media manager slash just interface. I just, yeah, I thought that like the community manager aspect yeah, right. of it all. Yeah. But, but yeah. it's like, it goes beyond that kind of what she, because like we were talking about like uh, Boston Fig, like we wouldn't have been there if she wasn't like, hey, this deadline's coming up. Pay attention. Like, we, like how many times have we gone to these events and you're like, you say, I could have done something or I could have been here, you know? And it's like, how many more are going to pass where you keep saying that? And so do it. And, yeah. then, and then like a month and a half b- before the deadline, we were like, oh, Let's try to do it. And then we yep. basically had to, you wanted to migrate over to the newest game maker engine that just came out. Yeah. We basically lost everything by doing that. And so we had to start from scratch in like a month and a half and try to yeah. make, make it all over again. And, and, it, and a lot of things changed because, you know, when you start the first kind of sketch, you kind of get places that you didn't anticipate in your original kind of, you know, beginning thoughts. And then, and then after you kind of get to a certain point, you maybe feel really committed to the stuff you put all this work into. And sometimes just like kind of like deleting it all and beginning again, you have more of like a holistic design coming around and you're ready to to kind of like really think of it all, you know, together a little bit more because you've mm-hmm. kind of put that those other thoughts into it before and you can kind of get it back faster because you've done it already. And yeah, kind of just cherry pick the pieces that actually worked from the original builds yeah there was what we did yeah there were some things we were like considering that yeah you just decided to do when we finally when you migrated it over like we used to have a momentum based uh platforming so it was kind of more like a mario or sonic and then what ended up happening was like well that we felt like the idea was the more momentum you build you build up the more knockback and damage you do to enemies when you hit them but then we realized that that would like basically simplify the combat so much that you you would basically just be like hitting hitting enemies that aren't even on the screen yet that you're building up like top speed to hit and yeah. one, one hit would pretty much do it, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, and so kind of the combat. Make that an Easter egg. I don't know. <laughs> so, so now it's like, you know, we, we ended up making some of those decisions and I think it, it, it it's helped out. So do you have any particular, I mean, granted we, you know, you've mentioned that Mega Man X seemed to be a huge inspiration here as far as design goes. And even from a musical standpoint for the score for the game, what were your inspirations for those particular elements? I mean, uh, um, I, I do the music myself. This is Ken. And uh, I'm just uh, influenced by just like a ton of different kinds of music. And I, I grew uh, I grew up playing all these games. I actually grew up in, basically, my mom worked at a video store. So, like, I got, like, for access to, like, all the games, basically, like, all the time, which is awesome. Nice. So, But, um, like, big influences for me, just, like, gameplay, just, like, lifestyle wise like earthbound was a huge influence for me uh music uh castlevania nice. the old school castlevanias castlevania 4 in particular had like incredible yes. stuff. um just a little bit of everything i mean those are those are the two big ones i'd say for me final fantasy actually went um once i got into uh, i had a big rpg kick when i was like a teenager like the playstation rpgs so like mm-hmm. that was that was a good age. Like middle school, beginning RPGs. Yeah, I feel totally. like it's a, it's a grindy time. I don't know what it is about that time. I played a lot of like Pokemon and Diablo 2 around that time. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah I guess like as far as like game inspirations, um, from an art perspective, like visually, um, I think you look at it, you can see Sonic in it. Um, but then mm-hmm. I also, I'm still taking influences from Mario or Yoshi's Island, like Super Mario World or Yoshi's Island. Um, 
in the sense that I'm keeping a low color count, generally speaking, on my sprites, even if I might be kind of rendering them a little bit more densely than the old games were because they were meant to be seen on standard definition. And now we have all these nice high definition big screen mm. TVs. Right. So I can kind of give the pixels a little bit more attention than they would have gotten. But the, mm. by reducing the color count, it kind of makes it feel kind of like those games. But yeah, like, yeah. like Mega Man X obviously is huge um, as far as like mechanics. Um, like for the overall structure of the game, the closest thing we could say, movement, moment to moment, the closest thing we could say is Mega Man X. Yeah. But but there's so many influences. I would say um, Smash Brothers comes in there because we've, mm -hmm. we've got this rock, paper, scissors thing going on with grab, block, and attack. And mm -hmm. that's, so that's kind of like a combat kind of fighting game thing that very Smash Brothers influenced. Smash Brothers is a huge game for me. And uh, so, yeah, between like aesthetically like Sonic or just the Super Nintendo era of Mega Man X, um, aesthetics come into there because um, there's like technology and stuff that we're bringing into things. Like when you see in Mega Man X, like uh, any of the Mega Man X games, there's always like a, a forest or jungle level and the trees are like got all this like techno stuff kind of in it. Right. And yeah. That, that's in there. And, and it's the same way where when you see like Sonic the Hedgehog, there's these robot enemies. And if you like break them, there's like birds or little chipmunks inside and stuff. It's kind of like this. Some of those themes are there. But I mean, the, the spectrum of games, I would say, that like really included are some of the big classics from the '90s that we like really liked, like the old Zelda games, right? Oh, Zelda, Metroid, yeah, yeah Sonic, Mario. Mario, yeah, like like just, just all the classics. But it's really yeah. Very, yeah, very retro. Yeah, love it. So many there, yeah. Like in, in, there's there's so many little things that we borrow that there's so many homages. I mean, Banjo Kazooie, Mario 64. The, the, like you might not obviously see them in some cases, like so overtly. Um, but another, but they're but they're there, whether it be in like how we decided to. To, to implement some kind of mechanic or element, you know, there's just, there's like so many, but yeah, it's such like a nineties, a nineties gamer kid kind of console. Gamer. Say, it seems like you grew up in the classic time and it's, yeah, it's good stuff there. Excellent. I remember, I think when I was playing the demo at PAX, there were a lot of little Easter eggs. There were nods and winks to old games. Is that something that you're still leaning toward? You're trying to do for the game just as kind of a, I mean, I guess, would it just be to amuse yourselves or to amuse the audience? <laughs> I mean, so, I, yeah, I guess it's just like, we, yeah, there's definitely like a wink factor. Like, we're just like, we have like Sonic, you, you can tell that there's Sonic influences. Like when sometimes he like rolls into like a ball form. For the dash attack. Yeah. The dash attack, mm -hmm. stuff like that. I mean, uh, like, you know, yeah, I named uh, the, uh, the squirrel, not the squirrel. No, yeah, the squirrel. Yeah, the squirrel, yeah. Conky. Conky, yeah. Conky. <laughs> yeah. And he's got a shotgun. He's, he's yeah. angry looking. So I mean, I mean, like honestly, like part of it when I made that squirrel, like part of it, it's it's like I'm unconsciously to some degree just channeling that stuff, and then it's mm. like, well, that's what it is, and I'm not gonna like try to like force it away from that because like I was channeling that for a reason. I feel like like I guess like are we making the things as like a nod for the fans or the public? Or I guess we don't really think in those terms right yet. Right. Like, we're really just making the game for ourselves, like. That's so we just put these things in because it's the pieces of the tropes and the things that we like and we just start pulling from and and so they just kind of are there right now because we like them and and mm -hmm. I, I guess like my attitude on it is that like I just want to take all the things that I really like and put them in a game and figure out how to compromise them and not be like overly concerned with that whatever's like trending publicly with mm -hmm. like games currently or people or or anything really like we're just kind of make we're just putting in the things that we just like we're not concerned with being like 
unique or different or you know we're not like talking about those things too much i mean we yeah. do we do talk I mean, about that a little bit like yeah. hey you know you do have to try to brand yourself and 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 be competitive in a marketplace and stuff to try to get attention but but like mm-hmm. I, I would say like um we're not driven by some like unique singular core idea that is supposed to like set us apart from everybody or whatever i guess mm-hmm. it's we're kind of just like let's make the coolest funnest thing with all the pieces that we like the best and yeah, uh, that's yeah. kind of what happens. We just it ends up having all these nods that because they're there, and I'm just thinking, why not? Like, why not just let it? Like, okay, the influence is there, and do I have to like obscure it more times to make it like not plagiarism or or to make it art or whatever? But you know, it's 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 in the end, it's still different. It's still unique, and and we're at this point now where it, it we call it retro, we call it classic. So it's it's it kind of feels like it exists in this separate space from us now as gamers. So it's kind of like. It's almost like fair terms now to dredge up this stuff and reuse it and be like, hey, remember that, people? Like, you know, I think like it's like okay to yeah. do that almost. But but at the same time, yeah, we're trying to create a game that doesn't exist yet. Like yeah. that that's one motivator for me. Just sure. oh yeah, yeah, we're creating something that I want to play. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, do you think the reception was pretty good at PAX? Did you feel like maybe um, the, the older crowd got it and the younger crowd was just like, wow, this is such a brand new thing that I've never been exposed to before. This is awesome. Like, yeah, did you feel like it was hard reaching out to maybe the younger generation who wasn't exposed to those amazing games growing up? I don't think so. I think a lot of like younger kids were, were intrigued. It's, definitely. it's hard to know like because because people come to us rather than the other way around. Mm-hmm. Oh, and fair. So, yeah. so like we, we don't really get like a accurate selection of the whole audience. So, you know, we will say, say like 20% of the audience is, is kids, mm-hmm. probably less than that, but let's just say that that's the case. Do we get 20% or do we get more than that? We get less than that, you know? So I don't know what it is proportionately to mm-hmm. the general audience there. So it's hard to know if, if we're, if the kids are reverse or kind of coming towards us and, and, and attracted. Yeah. Or it's if it's their know. parents are, right. yeah, their yeah. parents are obviously gamers themselves. Yeah. But like, you know, right. there were so many like little kids that are maybe like four years old that would come up and like their parents would be like our age or maybe a little older yeah. and they'd be like, oh, this is like what daddy used to play. Right. You know? and, and, it's, and they're showing their kids those games and those kids like yeah. know what they're doing on it. And so, I, you know, it's hard to know is there a selection bias there where we're just getting the people who are already really interested. So, you know, mm-hmm. all we end up mm-hmm. getting is like pats on the back and compliments all day. Cause that's what, like, you know, whenever, if you create a booth anywhere, if people aren't interested in it, they're just not going to come to yeah, it. Yeah, let's walk back. And it'll be kind of dead. So uh, you won't hear people come and say, your game sucks or anything. You just won't get a lot of attention. Not until you get on Twitter. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. In person, people are still decent, you know? And so mm-hmm. um, they, they won't, you know, so you generally, the people who come to your booth will just kind of shower you with praise. So it's just like a giant pat on the back all the time. So, Actually, I find when it, when it gets crowded, that's how it is. But like yeah. the, the people who show up early, like we had some really good critiques. I feel like early in the morning oh, yeah. attacks, like you know, people who are just kind of wandering in right at the beginning. It's just like a, oh, it's empty and everything else is packed already. They had more time maybe to spend with it yeah. than others. Yeah. yeah, and so they're maybe not as pulled or whatever as the crowd of people. And and, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes when you get a crowd, it kind of like some people can't play, but they get to see it, and then maybe it adds to the allure because there's, there's there's people around. But yeah, at packs we were we were just packed and it was super busy for us. And Seemed so like it. Yeah, awesome. we were in a good yeah. spot. It's uh, a good problem to have. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so what was the biggest challenge then going into this? Hmm. Biggest challenge. Well, I guess well, just... It's probably different for us. For one for you, one for me, right? And then you, we, maybe we could talk about one that we share or something. But yeah. I mean, you were probably time management, right? Definitely time management. Yeah. There were a lot of times where like, 
you know, we'd, we'd be throwing around ideas and I'd just be like, no, I just got to get, I just got to get this idea in the game at like a base level first and then we'll figure it out after and we'll flesh it out after. So there were a lot of things like when we first created the game for Boston Fig that were just like in there just to make it a game, essentially, just to make it playable in a way. Um, and then we kind of branch off from there. Uh, but yeah, time is it's always an issue now that I have a baby. Um, and I, I just got a new job too. So I've been trying to like teach myself a bunch of things uh, that I should know for this job. Uh, so, <laughs> so there's that too. So, um, so I'm finally getting back to the point that I'm like, kind of like every night, you know, sitting down with the game for, for a couple of hours, which is, which is good. Cause we can now keep progressing. Cause there, there, there was kind of a lull after packs. I feel like that I had to kind of sort some stuff out. Cause well, yeah, you we, got to decompress probably after something that, that large too. Yeah, that was a big yeah. thing too. Yeah. Because we didn't even know we were going to go to packs until like a month before packs so like we we had like we had submitted our game to 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 be in packs and then like they were like oh, okay we didn't read we, well i didn't read the fine print and they were like like okay you've been accepted uh to the what was it the indie mega booth and they were yeah. like okay it'll just be like two thousand dollars and we're like oh man oh that's it by the time <laughs> by the time we heard by the time we heard we were like oh you know we probably don't have a little bit of extra two thousand dollars kicking around to, to do this right and the game was at such an early point i was like doesn't work it yeah wait it worth it year. yeah exactly like you know to show a game at, th- at this our level. game our game i feel like is is we're still in that really creative process early on where we're really establishing how it feels and so mm. we're kind of in an alpha build situation. So to bring it to PAX in like an incomplete way, yeah, put us in like a, a huge uh, time constraint. So there's the time management thing. But yeah. maybe maybe for me, a time, uh, challenges from my perspective, I, I guess I would say uh, um, on making the game. There's all these challenges that life throws at you. But if it, if your question's like specifically, you know, what's hard about making a game? You know that um, it's it's uh, there's so many things to think about, and and like as a creative person, you want to think about all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard to organize them and prioritize them and create like a broad vision. That's mm-hmm. that's a huge challenge. Is like really nailing down like your broad vision and a plan, and and to some degree we are pretty loose on that. And and I, I think like you could say that's a bad thing or whatever from like a business perspective, but from like a creative perspective as an artist, I feel like there's a level of flux that leaves the project in and that kind of allows for allows for good design to happen because sometimes if you feel too committed to something you've already made, then you won't change it. Mm-hmm. And if you kind of come up with this really grand plan uh, before you really uh, know much about implementing it experience wise you're gonna run into all kinds of things that right you know I mean, i'm tackling you see. yeah i'm tackling this is this is our first game yeah, we're learning game, as we yeah. go this isn't our like magnum opus or anything that'll be like later down yeah, the line yeah. <laughs> we can't create this like I think it's pretty I don't good know. We for the first our, try, yeah, the first real definitely. try. You know? it, it definitely is, yeah. But hey, uh, if you sucked Steven in, that's a that's a he's he's <laughs> probably the harder of the two of us to please for sure, as far as that goes. So, but um, back I mean, technical challenges too. Um, I I guess the, the way that I program too, like when every time I add something, it, it feels like I break something else. Mm-hmm. So there's always that chain reaction. I, I'll, it's just like I'll add a bunch of things and then I'll kind of go back and fix a bunch of things and then polish. So it's like it's just that that cycle over and over. It's add, break, polish over yeah. and over. And and like well like 
I'll give you sprites for something, but then I'll have to redo them entirely, and then I'll redo them entirely again multiple times sometimes. So yeah. figuring out the style and and because I've been messing around with pixels for almost a decade now, but this is the first time I had to really put it all together. And it's just like anything, we're teaching ourselves. So there's a lot of redoing what you've already done. And it's a lot of time. And, and pixel art can be some like some of the most tedious thing to do compared to most other game art when you really think about it. I'm not natural. You don't get to just naturalistically draw. It's not like vector art or it's not like a 3D modeling where you get to like rig and tween and use models that are already like you just modify or whatever. It's like literally every pixel is deliberately placed on all the character animations and, and all the background art. Yeah, everything. There's no like tools that are making. It's just like deliberate painstakingly slow. So time management is challenging because I we, we don't have funding. So economically, like we're in a position where we just have to use all of our free time, the kind of time we would spend with friends and family and relaxing and whatever else. <laughs> yeah, we don't do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so I, I work uh, carpentry by day and then and then I come home and I do as many hours of drawing as I can until I'm like dead and then I try to play a little bit of video games before I fall asleep and then repeat and that's, that's like the hermetic lifestyle you have to live almost when you when you're trying to make something like this. So uh, people who need yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. You already have to. Yeah. 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 You already have, I, I, have like, I have like three friends now. That's, yeah. all, that's all I need. <laughs> you whittled them down to the hardcore people. Yeah. yeah. I know we see a lot of these young devs. They have like these huge teams and all these friends and networks and everything. Mm. And, and like we're on the other end of the spectrum where we're just like these two guys without these huge networks or whatever. And, and uh, I, I, you know, it just seems like for indie games, it's good to have a really low number on the staff because it seems like bloat is a problem that a lot of people struggle with. See, now I feel like I've gotten inspiration, Stephen. We need to start a, a small indie support group because I feel like the more we talk to smaller teams, it's like the same thing where they're like, how do they find more than two people? Like what, it, you know, I could bring you all together, see, and you could just like throw your plights into this discord or something and get emotional support from each other and uh, know you're not alone. You know, <laughs> I, I just like to think about like I, I saw like a documentary in the making of Apocalypse Now, and I'm just yeah. bringing this up. I feel like in the interviews, but but kid loves Apocalypse. Yeah, <laughs> Coppola, Coppola was like all in. He was all in on that project. Like all of his money, all of his resources and time. He was like he he had to like give it his all to make it. And so from my perspective, I I feel like I can associate with that. I feel like it's like you need to kind of like give it your all and kind of go down into that, that dark place and not know, not have certainty, not have any of those things, but just kind of like, I, I don't know, I guess see, see what you can create. And it's kind of like, you're just like fighting for your life in a way, you know, that's, that's kind of what I'm at. Like that, like <laughs> Ken's, Ken's a little bit different. Like he's, he, he, he's, I think his attitude is a little bit more like it's good to be like in a comfortable place when you create these things. And I, yeah. I see the argument there actually, I think there's a smart right. argument there too. I just, I just don't want to be another yeah, yeah. victim of the times now. I yeah. mean, all you hear now is just from like people who make games. It's just like you get that game, you get that burnout. Like you get that like, like you know these big game companies. You're just like a number. You're just like cranking away. That's all you do. And like, you yeah, know, get laid yeah. off. Right? The game's gonna get exactly. Something. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I mean, that's like that's such a huge kind of topic. It now. seems like it's a like challenge. People just destroy their lives for. For the art that they want to make, which you know, I, I guess that's good in a romantic sense. But yeah. like, I, I, I'd like, I'd like to be a success right. story no, yeah, in a way yeah, that yeah, is like, like a hundred years from now, people will be telling your tale. 
<laughs> and it'll sound yeah, man, yeah. fantastic, you know. Yeah. I agree. I would, I'd love to give tons of money thrown at me, but at the same time, like I, 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 I guess, like I'd say, I've probably never been hungrier to make something like this, and uh, and I think that affects my motivation, yeah. you know, to like keep. Yeah, but it affect, I mean, the the yeah. way that I'm looking, and we're making the game for ourselves. Yeah. You know, I'm not making it for for anyone else, even even if other people, you know, are gravitating towards it. But you yeah. know, I'm making it for myself the way that I want to do it. Right. And that's just. And we're just hoping that there's enough other people out there that mm -hmm. have a kind of crossover of experience of those games, because we come from a time where there were like actually really creative advancements and ideas happening in mainstream AAA games and 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 the kind of stuff that came out of these like quote unquote AAA companies and AAA game studios were things that felt playful and 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 fun and and in its kind of nature and i think i think we 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 really like benefited from being able to grow up in a time where that was the case mm -hmm. now i feel like the games are more predatory in their design than ever Right. So it's like the kind of games that kids are going to grow up with now. Or it's like we just hit, like got lucky at a critical time to kind of be influenced by that. Oh, stuff. for sure. You know, I hope I don't repeat myself, but you guys, I mean, just listening to the passion you have about what you're doing, why you're doing it. It's, I mean, you guys are kindred spirits just on the video game front because I get it. I, 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 I am with you 100%. I get what you're doing. I mean, it's just. Wow, it's it's uncanny. It's uncanny. It really just is. Hearing like you I'm talk. listening to them talk, and I'm like, Stephen, all the conversations we've had over the last like two weeks, like yeah, it's just right here. <laughs> I think we but, all just became best friends. That's all. I'm yeah, we say. did. <laughs> it's like the, the common struggle of a, like a small team entrepreneurial team, and mm -hmm. especially in a creative kind of environment where you know what we're producing isn't physical, and uh, and it, it needs to kind of stand up. And, and as as something that people just want to consume because it enriches their life somehow, you know, like mm -hmm. how are you going to pay us money and waste your time? <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> I probably wouldn't use that as my elevator pitch, but you know, uh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> give us your and money waste and waste it all. Your time. Yeah, that's that one. Yeah. So, you know, that's always something I think about, you know, like maybe I think things too seriously sometimes. I'm like, what's the meaning of it all? But, <laughs> but, but yeah, sometimes I, I, I think about that stuff. Now, I'm curious, since you kind of kind of mentioning that, have you considered crowdfunding a Kickstarter and Indiegogo, anything like that? That's something we go back and forth on um, quite a bit. And um, I don't know the way that I and we have, I think we have the same opinion, sometimes differing opinion. I don't know. Uh, Josh, you could weigh in on this too but uh like i i don't want to take anyone's money until i feel like i'm almost ready to 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 deliver something that they're gonna love there's more certainty and there, yeah the more certainty that we're, we're closer to the end of yeah we've never creating. we yeah. never fully finished a game so we, we we feel like there needs to be a bigger proof of concept first you know yeah we had a reputation, i don't want to like maybe. jerk people around yeah. either like you know like there's always that expectation when you when you give someone money and you know you know there's always goodwill people out there that are like oh you know make your game here's here's some cash but you know uh they I also become I, the loudest voices in the room when something goes yeah, sideways yeah. yeah yeah and like i've always i guess uh, like fair enough to some degree like you know if, if they put the money in they should be able to speak on it you know yeah and, and you know you don't want to have a problem and a lot of these people they some people manage to do it well. A lot of people do have the challenges, and we are mm -hmm. a two-man team, so 
we also think like it's kind of scary because like how can we promise really hard deadlines and things when this is kind of a new thing for ourselves so these are all things that we think about like ethically about you know being crowdsourced and whatnot but on the you know another another thought that i have is 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 like what's the point of a crowdsourcing unless it actually like funds something about the game to be better or you know basically come out with more quality more scope uh earlier uh what one of those dimensions essentially um, or, or, you know, I guess you could argue that it wouldn't have been possible without the funding. But in our case, mm -hmm. we're able to kind of slowly push this thing along with our day jobs intact already at this point. You know, yeah. so there's kind of like as long as we have the, the ability, the fortitude, we can it's kind of like this inevitability potentially. But like, what, yeah. so what would a Kickstarter really grant us? It would grant us the ability to, like I said, increase the quality, the scale and the shorten the, 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 the delivery, mm -hmm. the delivery window. But. It would depend would on how much. To, yeah, 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 exactly. We would have to be able to raise enough funds to afford to do that. Otherwise, it's kind of like a pointless thing. So, yeah, it yeah. Would, but there would just be little things here and there. It's like, oh, maybe we raise enough money that I could get a new computer or I could buy uh, more like equipment to do sound and music or like and stuff another like spot that. at PAX to help market. Right, exactly. And, th and that's actually one of the most practical things. Yeah, that those are practical. Like, you know, like because you know the the $2,000 PAX thing that came out of nowhere yeah. for us and we were like, oh, crap, maybe we should start thinking about so, yeah, this kind of to, stuff for just money. for pensions, <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. But, yeah. you know, in terms of, like, creating the game, it, w it wouldn't make sense for us, I don't feel like, in, unless I could just, like, flat out quit my job and work on the and game. That, that, would take, that would take a good job. That would take a lot of yeah. money. So it's like, yeah. it's, like, not likely to be able to, like, crowdfund everything to, like, full-time this thing and by yeah. itself. But the thing is, is we live in the day and age now where the crowdfunding is like part of the stepping stone to finding a publisher who's then going to take you on. It's yeah. kind of like, it's like, the, and it's sad because like, let me think, there, there was a game I just saw that just got picked up by a publisher who had a really successful crowdfunding campaign months back and their, their release date's actually relatively soon. So when you think about that in the life cycle of the game, they were pretty far along before they got picked up by a publisher. And so publishers want to like externalize the risk as much as possible. So mm -hmm. they'll get you when you're real close to being finished, when you're really small teams, so they don't have to pay a huge overhead. And if you've been crowdfunded already, there's, it really shows them that there's already basically people out there who are yeah. interested. And it also mm -hmm. means that they have to put up less money up front. So then when they throw their name on it and take half of your revenue at least and potentially <laughs> on your IP, you know, the, so th these are kind of like battles that, uh, that you think about, like we've been approached by a publisher who spoke about taking about half and potentially at least a half, um, and then and then and then potentially owning the IP, and and then it's like they like what would they really be able to pay us to do it when they themselves expect like twenty thousand copies sold in the first year, yeah. you know, at like ten dollars, and then you know once you know distribution platforms take their cut and everything, you do the math, you're like, there's no way this could ever work with you guys so right you have to really find the right the right people and the right and, and i think if you find the right publisher who's not only you know going to respect your ip or or not take too much of a cut there's also the fact is like does their brand expand the reach of what we're trying yeah. to, exactly. and because that that's really the big important yeah. thing and so like we're kind of doing a nostalgia yeah. thing so we like the idea of getting picked up by a brand who 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 does the kind of nostalgia thing too. Mm -hmm. And so that that's kind of like, maybe that would work out if, if we could find somebody who was, who did indie games, who did nostalgic stuff and liked what we were doing and picked mm -hmm. us up, you know, somebody like a Yacht Club games or something like that. Like, yeah. like that, that would, that could work, but I, I don't even know exactly yeah. what they entirely want from their games 
Um, in general, we would talk about it like our game might be rated like T for teen potentially. Um, do they want an E for everyone thing? And that's something to think about because we've just been thinking about it from a creative perspective of like making whatever we want, you know? Yeah. Well, but, it seems like that you guys are on the right track then. Just like, you know, for you, it's working to continue on the way that you're doing it and yeah. not having to compromise any of those things at this time unless it becomes a a necessity at some point. But I mean, we've talked to a lot of them that just managed to make it on their own too, beholden to just their own. And uh, I think there's, there's, there's validity in doing it that way too, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's been going good for us so far. Yeah. Just doing it. That would I mean, that'd be ideal. Us. If, if, yeah. if, yeah, yeah, if we started get... was amazing and, and uh, we could just self publish and, and not be beholden to anybody else. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, but we, we, you know, if, if it comes down to like getting paid to make games, like I'd like to do it. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd, I could make it my job. Yeah, I, I wouldn't yeah. want to sell right? it to them, but I'd, yeah. yeah, I'd like to yeah make it my job so I could really put an, another level of quality that I can't bring yet. So mm-hmm. that that would be that would be awesome. So we're not like super, we're not obviously super business savvy people. We're not super experienced with all this per se, and we don't have like a really like hardcore Kickstarter, give me your money plan kind of figured out. But we do know that we're like we are gamers. We don't like the funny business that happens with a lot of these things, early access and DLC funny shenanigans. And there's all kinds of games monetizing shenanigans now that we're not like huge fans of. But, you know, we figure we're just two guys making something that we really care about. Hopefully there's enough people in the world to share that same background in gaming that would appreciate that, that they'd be able to, you know, buy enough copies that, at least us two guys could keep making games. <laughs> That's yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to like. Get, my yeah. dream isn't to be like right. famous or rich or anything. Yeah, I yeah. just want to like just work. I get it. Like, get yeah. I just want to live comfortably doing anything. something I love, and that's that's how I know I've made it, right? Yeah. <laughs> our, our game studios are like at my my computer desk is in the corner of my living room, and mm-hmm. and uh, I think you technically have a computer room, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. uh, that's nice. <laughs> well, whatever room your computer is yeah. in, done. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. you know, that's how I consider it. <laughs> well, if you ever decide to go the Kickstarter route, you've already got one person that will definitely put in money for your game. Because I'm I'm a fan just from what I played of it. It's it's my kind of game, you know. Everything that I saw, just saying, I'll, I'll be there. So uh, if you change your mind, if you change your mind. <laughs> if I could invest, if I could invest to publish your game, I I definitely would. You know, I would take, I would give you all the money as I just want it out there. I want it done right. Yeah. Yeah. We, we just don't have a date set. We feel like we, we need to have probably more of a following to make it work. Um, yeah. Like you said, because if, if we only raise, you know, 10 or $20,000. That only goes so far. It, it, yeah. I don't know how much it would help. It, it would help. I mean, I mean there, yeah. there's licensing fees and there's some hardware sure. and some software stuff that it would definitely help with. Yeah. But like, uh, yeah, I guess it's something we really still have to iron out. Um, mm. So it's kind of it won't be for a little bit. Yeah, we still only we still only have the one level. Yeah, yeah. we're just trying to polish that vertical slice so that people really understand, you know, what we're doing. We'll probably we will we probably will be giving like some kind of public demo out at some point uh, before there would be ever crowd for, you know, any kind of crowdfunding. So people could really feel it and be like, "Oh, this is this is cool." Well, definitely, you know? let us know if you get that demo together. I, I, I might <laughs> yeah, know some sure. people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> so the last thing I've got to ask, and I, I ask this of of all of our uh, 
publishers or indie devs that kind of come on. Dirty Beast Games. What's that about? What's where, where did the name come from? <laughs> so like um, we 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 had to come up with a name for our studio really fast, and we didn't have a lot of time, and we were just throwing a couple things back and forth, and mm-hmm. and sometimes when you have deadlines, you just end up picking something, and and Dirty Beast is like it's kind of like when you're just really good at a video game, kind of. That was the idea, like. If you're really good at a game, you're a dirty beast at it. Yeah. And, and then we thought beast it was just, mode. yeah, beast mode. And like, we thought, we thought like, uh, I don't know, like the, it, it, it can also double as a kind of, I don't know, mascot a little bit, like this little mud monster or whatever. And so it's just kind of informal and fun and silly and lighthearted or whatever. And that's kind of what we're going for. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it fits us. I don't know. It fits our personality. It's yeah. Like, we, we make it a messy a dirty game. kid. Yeah, it's a mess. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a, a, it's a mess. Mess. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. We had some we had some fun ideas for like intros with the with the with the mud monster. Um, oh yeah, we yeah. Were, oh, yeah you had someday. two versions. Yeah, Josh yeah. created the logo, uh, and you had two versions, and one looked like a muppet almost. It's almost like, like a muppet, like a muppet scary Wookie. muppet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Might be throwing a little too far back there. <laughs> but uh, I, I we I, I felt like the one that we we're using now is a m- lot more simplified. Yeah. Like, yeah. Work more as a logo. Yeah, as a logo. Yeah. yeah. The other one would be more like somebody in a costume and like a live action commercial. <laughs> hey, next con. There's your cosplay person. <laughs> you always see it at the booths, like somebody dressed up like the main character or something, hawking the oh, yeah, game. There yeah. you go. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Go. And, and it just was fun because it's like, I don't know, it's just like splat. <laughs> it's just, it's just yeah. like this mud splat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lace, you got anything else to ask these uh, fine gentlemen? Oh, I just like to stir the pot. So when are you an Epic exclusive? Um, as soon as they, as soon as they buy my soul out with millions of dollars. Yep. <laughs> Excellent yeah, answer. And, and, and you know, like you know, I, I I was thinking about that the other day. It's like, is there a way that I could like justify this so that I could like be like, well, if I give everybody their money back, and then this gives me so much. Like I was just saying, what if they keep? What if they gave me so much money? That I could be like for the rest of my life now. I'm set money wise. <laughs> I got millions of dollars, and then and then what I could do is just make games and release them for free. Well, that was, for the rest <laughs> well, there of, you go. Right? Well, that, you was, might was, be was the hero okay. then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The people who are against them, they're like, you took their money and gave them nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you oh, know, dang. that could work out girl gloriously. <laughs> but no, I actually meant yeah. The, the, we would we would whore out the first game, and then yeah, and, 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 and then and then the and then the re- and then we would just go and make and then I would just spend the rest of my life in repentance making free games. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. That's your mea culpa yeah, to everybody else. Like we don't yeah. we don't you know like we talk about we keep up on the, the game news and stuff, and you know we're not psyched about that at all. I I complained on Twitter recently about that with somebody. Uh, they you know it's like you're betraying trust when you. When you basically get crowdfunded, like mm-hmm. I already kind of described how these companies, they want to externalize the risk. So they wait until you've already been crowdfunded before they then fund you. Mm-hmm. And then they take half your earnings. And that's after they've already claimed all the earnings that they use to pay their upfront back of paying you. What so- sucks about it is that as a small indie team, people who go on to Kickstarter, um, who depend on individuals to have some level of trust that they'll get this game on the platform they were promised, mm-hmm. now they don't ever want to invest in Kickstarter. Oh, it's just destroying right. trust for just, people like yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, so crowdfunding just gets destroyed by people who yeah. sell out to these, you know. Like and and it also platform. just sucks for the gamers who basically are like, hey, I can't, you know, like I, I was going to buy this for Steam or whatever other platform that you promised it, and, and I... 
funded your campaign, but now you're not going to honor that agreement. And that's a, that's a, you know, you're breaking that agreement and that's a lack of trust there. And then there's yeah. all these other things people don't take into consideration. It's like how things are repriced in different countries and, and right. uh, where they're available or not and translation and things like that. There's all kinds of stuff where the, you know, I know that that's, that's a small portion of the audience or whatever, but, um, yeah, and, that, so- yeah I, I, we, we've discussed that though. Like if you were crowdfunded, don't make it exclusive to anyone. Sell it there. Unless, sure. Unless, yeah. Unless you but, make that like obvious in the content. At the very beginning. Right. They're going to release this on Epic. At the, from the very beginning, Our people know what they're getting into. Yeah. yeah you don't want to. I almost feel like indie devs have to put that out there now. Like that's part of their, their selling point and will be available on all platforms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're kind yeah. of like. Or hoping, not. Yeah. I, I worry, but like we're hoping maybe like for like a very naive outcome uh, that we're, that we're like, Everything's just going to work out. And we don't have to pull any dirty tricks, and and uh, and we can just give people an honest game. Like, pay this one price. Don't have to grind forty hours in this game, you know. And you get mm-hmm. something that's like made with love, and uh, you know, it's like it's like buying like local organic produce or something. You like supported these sustainable two yeah. team or something, right? Yeah. Like, it's kind of like that. Like, buy your games responsibly. Don't support these giant corporations. <laughs> you know, surprise mechanics or something. You know, well, like- it sounds like you guys are on the right track and you've got a level head about this. And if you keep it going that way and just with the being transparent about all that kind of stuff, I think your following's definitely going to come for sure. Yeah, we like, like that's the be- right way to approach it, I think. Yeah, I mean, I hope I, we'd like to be as cross as many, you know, platforms as possible because mm-hmm. we just like as many people to be able to play the game as possible. Yeah. Sure. First, we're just going to target um, PC just because that's the easiest place. And yeah, uh, we haven't really looked deeply into that because we are still in the alpha stages. And it's one of these things where like we're learning as we go. We're still in the alpha stage. Um, but at the same time, since we don't have a notoriety from a previous game, our brand isn't built up in any way. We kind of had to start really early in the development, making ourselves known. And that's why you guys saw us at PAX. And that was kind of a lucky fluke for us to even be there. And and because uh, we won that spot basically and, and through right. competition, and and that puts us in a position where people got to be, see us and then be like, "When's your Kickstarter? When are you out? What are you going to be on?" And it's like, well, we don't even have solid answers for any of those things. But our right. our rough intention is to to start PC and then go to as many things as possible. I think we would really like to be on the Nintendo Switch, partly just because it feels so cool to yeah. finally be on a Nintendo console. Like after, and mm-hmm. they've been amazing it, with indies. Yeah, I mean. I'm really impressed with the the amount of indies that it's been able to put in people's hands that wouldn't have otherwise been able to play it because PC is still kind of a, a, a niche group of people that's willing to put in the effort to have a gaming PC, right? Or even have the funds right. to be able to do it. And, and this made it so much more accessible. So yeah. that's what I've been excited about the Switch. So uh, guys, thank you so much. This has been awesome. I know you said you're going to the Boston Festival of Indie Games this coming September. Is there a date on that? Uh, Felicia? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, we wouldn't be organized in any way. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be on um, September 14th. Um, it's at the Harvard Athletic Complex. And um, it's going to go on, I believe, from 9 a.m. to like 4 or 5 p.m. Perfect. Um, so yeah, just have a look out. I think they have ticket sales on Eventbrite, but you can also go to bostonfig.com if you want to learn more about it. Perfect. Come play our game and vote for us for the people's choice. Yes. There you go. Yeah, if you're in the Boston area, go check that out for sure. I know we were excited to get to play it at PAX and get uh, get our hands on it. And uh, mm-hmm. there's an opportunity coming up very, very soon. That's right. Don't forget, you can follow them on the social medias, Twitter at Dirty Beast Games, Instagram, Facebook. All of these links will be down in the description areas down below. So 
Go check them out. Go give them a follow. Check out Feral Frontier. I'm a fan. Please. I'm not. I'm not just saying that. I am a fan. I want people to play this game. I want it to get some attention. Spotlight. So, guys, Josh, Ken, and even uh, Felicia in the back. Felicia. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for for joining us, uh, and uh, I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Hey, you too. Thanks. Thanks you too. Fun. All yeah. right. Take it easy. Have a good one. Wonderful interview, is it not? Oh my god! Like they I said, were really great. We're the passion, kindred spirit. D- I know, man. Like Telling. it's just really cool to talk to people who are just like that freaking excited about what they're doing. Like I mean, you can tell when they mm-hmm. can't stop talking about a thing. Like you can tell they're insanely excited and passionate about what they're doing, and it's great. And and it's they're really great. clearly fans of the show because uh, they said off camera they know our music. The oh Mega yeah, Man they did say that. Like, yeah, I was like. Ah, Got it's it. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's it was all there for him, guys. You know, you got you the got stars aligned. Metal music. But that's it. That's our show. Everyone, hit us up on Twitter sometime via uh at Super Mega Crash. That's what I meant to say. Let me try that again. Hit us up on Take Twitter <laughs> at Super Mega Crash. That's what I meant to go. say. And then you can send sure. us an email at supermegacrash at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, view our weekly icon art. Support the show by pressing like buttons or whatever the thing is on the platform that you're looking at. You can leave reviews on that platform. You can even go to patreon.com slash pencil and paper productions and chuck in a buck, if you will. Mm-hmm. And and if you do, like I said, Super Mega Crash Adventures. I just watched the second one today, y'all. Yeah, they're they're it's up fun. there. All you got to do, five bucks. I know that's that's not a but, but you know I, I got to make a living somehow. Anyway, uh, right? Tell your friends to find us on the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network. This thing that you're listening to right now, and it's found on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and even YouTube.com/slash Pencil Paper Productions. Also, if you happen to be over on YouTube.com/slash Pencil Paper Productions, we're celebrating 15 years, baby. All the Wee! old things. So go over there and see what we got going on. I I just changed the 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 labels and the banners and everything. So it's fifteen it's years. Sick. I can't believe it's been that Good long, stuff. man. But you know what? I kind of wish you, fifteen years with you. That would have been awesome. You just imagine yeah, what right? we would come just, up with. It was so much more tomfoolery. Yeah. <laughs> right. If that was even possible. <laughs> We're here now. Yeah. 15 years from wherever from now on, we'll see where we get to. We got yeah. ideas going. I know that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say anything. But people, we got ideas coming. We do. You have no idea. And like actually like doing something too with it. Yeah. So, uh, I could say I have ideas all day long, but you know. So oh, yeah. No, no, no. We, we got. Doing we, it. We got stuff brewing, but we're not going to spoil it here. We're, we're going to just. It's there. Anyway. <laughs> sorry. We got off on a tangent. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. I'm Stephen White. I'm Lacia Finley. Join us again next time, Super Mega Crash siblings. But until then, game on.
This has been a Pencil and Paper Podcast Network production.